Brothers and sisters, there's a quote from C.S. Lewis. I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher it a little bit because I don't have it memorized and I didn't write it down. But the quote from C.S. Lewis, who is a very uh, high Anglican Christian apologist from the 20th century, one of the great geniuses in the life of the church, uh, the quote goes something like that. If I, I, do not, I did not become religious because it's comfortable. If I wanted to be comfortable, I would drink whiskey. But Christianity is not comfortable. And he's right. Christianity is not comfortable. It's not an easy religion. It's a very difficult religion. Why? Because of what it requires of us. You see, in old religions, say in pagan times, it was quite easy to be religious. All you had to do was go to the temple and give your offering to the priest, and the priest would make the offering on the altar. You would participate in the liturgy, in the, in the ritual, and then you'd leave and you wouldn't think about it again until the next time you had to do it. It was essentially uh, a religion just to show face. It was, a, it was a religious ceremony just to kind of, you know, show your oath to the state who sponsors this or, that, this or that religion. Christianity is different. Christianity is obviously religious. We have religious customs. We have liturgical ceremonies. We have priests and altars. And the offering of the Holy Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ, that is offered perpetually to the Father, that we participate in. But that's not all it is. We don't come to Mass and then leave Mass and not think about it again until the Sunday afterwards. That's not Christianity at all. Christianity is difficult, not because we have to come to Mass on Sundays or go to confession frequently or because we have to say our prayers or observe some religious traditions. It's not hard because of that. Those things are easy to do. It's hard because of the commandment of Christ. Love one another as I have loved you. Pray for your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. Love those who harm you. These are the commandments of Christ. We can't separate these from every other aspect of our religion. If we want to be Christians, we have to love our enemies. We have to do good to those who do bad to us. That's what it means, and nothing less than that, to be a Christian. In the Gospel reading today, we have another one of these kind of familiar stories where Jesus is having another uh, confrontation with the Pharisees. He has these confrontations very frequently throughout the Gospel. Why? It's usually surrounding the same thing. If we put a couple of the stories together, I think we'll get the idea. Jesus gives a parable in another part of the Gospel of Matthew where he says, well, a Pharisee and a tax collector go up to the temple and they pray and the, the Pharisee says, Prays to himself, and he says, "I fast twice a week. I thank you that I'm not like the, you know these other people, these adulterers, and this tax collector that's behind me. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. I pray. I do everything that I'm supposed to do. I'm a perfect man." And then the tax collector goes up, and he's not even able to lift up his eyes, and he beats his breast and says, "Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner." The tax collector, the sinner, went down more justified than than the Pharisee. In this Gospel reading, Jesus and his disciples are walking on the Sabbath day and his disciples get hungry. And they start to pluck heads of grain and to eat from these 
from this grain just to kind of fill their stomach to satisfy them a little bit. They berate his disciples. They berate Jesus, really. Why are disciples doing something that's not allowed to be done on the Sabbath day? Go a little further in the story. And they ask Jesus to test him in the context of this man with a withered hand. Is it okay to heal on the Sabbath day? This is what they ask him. And Jesus responds, you pull out your sheep when they fall on the Sabbath day. You don't want me to heal this human being? So what is the problem between Jesus and the Pharisees? Why, do, why, is, why are they constantly going after each other? Why does Jesus, this, in this kind of conflict cu cu climax, with Jesus essentially berating, absolutely berating the Pharisees, is saying, you hypocrites, over and over and over again, hypocrites, because you bind heavy burdens on men's shoulders and wouldn't lift anything with a, with a finger. And he calls them hypocrites over and over again. Why does Jesus have such a big problem with the Pharisees? On the one hand, yes, it's because of the laws. They are obsessed with legalism, they're obsessed with the laws, and they're kind of missing the whole point about what faith and what belief in God really means. It's not about laws. Although that plays a big part of it, but it's not what the substance is. That's on the one hand. But the more important, the deeper reality is that because the Pharisees are so obsessed with the law, because the Pharisees are so obsessed with perfectionism, with doing everything exactly right to the T, they miss the human person that's right in front of them. The disciples are hungry. They're just picking grain and eating from the grain. Is that breaking the law of God? Is that committing this eternal sin? Is that worthy of hellfire and brimstone? There's a man with a withered hand and he has this opportunity to be healed by the Son of God who's right in front of him, right here, right now. Should Jesus not do that and heal a human being of his wounds just because it's a certain day of the week? Does that sound like it's the law of God? No, it absolutely does not sound like it's the law of God. But to the Pharisees, who have turned the law into their God, the Pharisees who have turned perfectionism into a divine attribute, to the Pharisees, the law is God himself. And therefore, healing even a man, a human being, on the Sabbath day is breaking the law of God because they've divinized it. But all that does is it causes them to miss the humanity of the human being that's right in front of them. They would dismiss the human beings that are in front of them just to uphold this conceptual legal code. They would dismiss and disregard, degrade, a human person as a person created in the image of God just because of a rule. This is not godly at all. That's why Jesus says, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Man is not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is made for man. It's the opposite. God loves human beings. It's not the Sabbath that He loves. God loves the Sabbath, but the Sabbath only exists for the sake of human beings. Human beings are not created just because of a day of the week.
Why is Christianity then such a difficult religion to follow, to follow the way it's supposed to be followed? Because it's very hard to love other human beings. Because it's very difficult to have these expectations in our minds and seeing the sin that's in front of, that's, that, uh, the person that's in front of us and to love them anyways. Because that's very hard to do. And that's what the Pharisees missed. You see, what we do is not maybe like the Pharisees. We don't impose all these laws on people. Maybe we do. But let's say we don't. It doesn't mean that we're not Pharisees. The Pharisaic sin is not merely legalism. The, Phar the Pharisaic sin is that we have a concept that we're attaching to a person and the concept is more important than the person. Once that happens, then we degrade, we dismiss, and we lower the personhood of the human being for the sake of the concept. And then the concept becomes more important. And then we're no longer godly. Then we're no longer Christians. Because concepts are not people. And God does not love concepts. He loves people. Okay, that's all very conceptual, and I'm sorry about that. But I'm going to give you a practical application. Take a married couple. The husband has some expectations of his wife. Those expectations are conceptual. Those are concepts. These are ideas. If she's not living up to those concepts, he gets really angry at her. And he starts degrading her. He starts putting her down. He starts telling her all kinds of things to make her feel low about herself. And he does it in the hopes that she will rise up to his expectation, to his concept. This is a deep sin. This is a deep sin. The wife has expectations of her husband. And she's attaching her expectations and her concepts of what husbands are supposed to be. She's attaching it to the person who is her husband. And when he fails to meet that standard, then she'll nag him to death or she'll do whatever she can to make sure that he becomes what her idea of a husband is supposed to be. This is a deep sin. This is a huge sin. Why? Because we're not loving the person, we're loving the concept. We're not loving the human, we're loving the idea. But God doesn't love ideas. God loves persons. God didn't make ideas in his image and likeness. God made human beings in his image and likeness. Human beings are to be loved, not ideas. Persons are to be loved, not concepts. A husband is supposed to love his wife and be there for his wife and to sacrifice himself for his wife and to come to know who she is and to come to know who this creature, this wonderful creature that God has made and to be inspired by her, to be in awe of her, to appreciate her as a great gift of God in his life. And the wife is supposed to do exactly the same. Not to change them into, the, their, into a concept that they've created for themselves. This is a major reason why marriages often fail. But take it out of the context of marriage. This is true of everybody. The way we see other human beings should not be this, these concepts that we attach to these human beings and that if they fail to meet those things, then I, I don't love them anymore. That's not Christian, it's pagan. Jesus says that. If you love only those who love you, what, how, what, what good is that for you? Even the pagans do the same. If you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that for you? 
Even pagans, Gentiles do the same. Non-believers do the same. But love those who don't love you. Do good to those who persecute you. Brothers and sisters, to be a Christian is difficult because it's to be godlike. And Jesus says this when he says that God makes it rain on the good and evil alike, that God brings the sun up for the good and the evil alike. And then he says to you and me, therefore you must be perfect. You must be complete as your heavenly Father is perfect. And what he means by it is to love all, whether they're good or evil, because only God knows whether somebody is good or evil or whatever they are. We have to try as Christians in the name of God to see the human person that's in front of us as a human person and not just as an idea, to not abstract them from themselves and then recreate them in our minds. But we have to see them as human beings, see them in their suffering, see them in their weaknesses, see them in their strengths, see them as God sees them, as people that are worthy of love and that are in deep need of love because they're in deep need of healing. Just like we would want to be seen by others. Amen. Amen.